Church in the Valley. Welcome to, uh, to a Sunday morning. It's actually warmer today. The high will be 70 degrees, apparently, which is significantly better than what it's been the last couple days. Um, well, welcome. If you guys want to grab a seat, you guys can find the lyric sheets for today, as well as the note sheets for uh, Rick's message at the website civalhambra.com forward slash Sunday. If you're online, you can find all the resources you need there as well. Um, or if you're in person and you prefer like those you know, actual paper copies, you can get some of the lyric sheet copies on the guest table on the side. But we're glad that you guys are here joining us. Would you stand with us as we sing and worship our King of glory? Glory one more time. 
worthy of our song. Can we sing it out with us? There's a king. Here we go. There is a king of glory. There is a God who saves. One who is strong and mighty. Freedom is in his name. So open the gates of heaven. Lift up a shout of praise. There is a lion roaring. Jesus, the King of glory. There is a lion roaring. Jesus, the King of glory. God, you are the King of glory. You're a sun and a shield to us to protect us. And it's true, you are the only one deserving of our worship, of our praise. The only one deserving of dedicating and giving our lives to, Lord. And it's for your cause and your cause alone that we seek to fulfill. So, Lord, we lay down our lives in favor of something better. We lay down our lives in favor of your mission and your gospel. So would you be enthroned upon our lives this morning?
guys can have a seat. We're going to have some announcements. Good morning, everyone. Good. Thank you. It's so nice to hear a response. Good morning. Uh, in case you don't know me, my name is Jonathan Rickert, and welcome to CIV. We are just so glad that you are here to join us this morning, whether that's here in person or online. Uh, again, it's just so great that we can come together and worship. I just want to let you know about some exciting news that I get to share today. But first of all, just as a reminder, as Victor shared with us earlier, if you're looking for lyrics to the music or you're going to be looking for speaker notes, you can find that at civalhambra.com slash Sunday. If you're here in person, there's also physical copies over at this table. Um, on that website, you can fill out a connection card. There's connection cards over here. We'd love to hear from you, hear how you're doing, if there's things that we can be praying for you. So please fill that out. Now, if you're a guest, a special welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. We actually want to give you a gift just to thank you. It's a book called How Good is Good Enough. So if you're a guest with us this morning, please feel free to pick up a copy over at that same table and take that home, read it. Again, we just want to thank you for joining us. Now, over at that table, there's also some crayons for kids or adults, as it may be the case. Um, things to do. So you can just pick that up. Again, that's kind of the table to go to if you're looking for any sort of information. Now, exciting news. As you guys know, we have been collecting a special offering for over a month, and that is our Christmas offering. It's a time when we really want to celebrate that gift that Christ gave us by giving to others. And so we've been collecting money to go to local ministries, ministries across the U.S., and in fact, ministries across the world. And our goal was to raise $18,000. And as of last night, we are at $18,616. So yeah, that that's just, you know... Thank you guys so much for your generosity, and it's just awesome to see how God is working through us as a church to really bless other ministries as well. So again, thank you for being here this morning. We're going to go ahead and continue worshiping with a few more songs. Stand with us as we sing the songs. Join Dorothy as she leads us. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you.
Thank you so much for today, Lord. Thank you that we can come and worship you. Regardless of what's going on in the world, Lord, that we can really look to you and that we have a purpose here and that we make you known. Lord, help us to continue to be faithful and continue to seek you and follow you, Lord. Let your words be real in our life. I thank you and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. I really appreciate the, the praise band uh, coming early and braving the cold and preparing for us to worship. But I'm glad you're here and I'm glad to be here with you. Uh, this is the last day of January 2021. It's been a pretty exciting month. Can't wait for February. Actually, I'm kind of glad February's shorter. <laughs> uh, and uh, spring is coming and warm weather is coming too. Looking forward to the things starting to bloom and the leaves coming back on the trees that have lost them. Uh, glad you're here. Uh, if you have your, a Bible with you, access, or you've got your notes, uh, however you've got that on your electronic devices, uh, we're going to end up in uh, Luke chapter 5, verse 4, uh, for a minute at least. Um, we're in the midst of a series uh, called Startup 2021, and today is Go Fish. I think to be interesting, you need to come up with a fishing story. Anybody have a fishing story online? Okay, you know, I'd love to hear fishing stories. What I love about fishing stories is each time you hear it, the fish gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Unless you read Dr. Seuss, I think the fish gets smaller and smaller. But anyway, um, one, of the, one of Jesus' best friends... Peter, he had quite a fishing story. Um, in fact, he and his, uh, his brother and their father and their friends, John and James and their father, ran fishing business on the Sea of Galilee, sometimes uh, called the Sea of Gennesaret. And uh, it's a beautiful lake. I just uh, last January got to actually go out on that lake. Uh, and it, it's an awesome kind of experience. And you know, about a couple of dec decades ago, they, in the mud and the marshes, they actually found a fishing boat. And of course, you know, because it's Jerusalem, Israel, and Sea of Galilee, everybody thinks, well, I wonder if that was Peter's boat, or I wonder if that was James and John's boat. But anyway, they restored that boat, and, and you kind of have a neat feel for it, uh, of this story. Uh, but you, you may recall that when you read the Gospel of Mark, which is the shortest one, um, very early in chapter 1, verse 17, uh, Jesus is by the Sea of Galilee, and uh, there's a big crowd by him, and, and, and you know, he 
I don't know if you've ever had a crowd come at you, but I guess you just kind of keep backing up. And finally, he could feel the water at his ankles. And uh, he looked over, and there were Peter and his brother Andrew, and they were washing the nets because they'd been fishing all night, and they were washing the nets, cleaning things up for their business. And Jesus stepped into the boat and said, you know, could you just put off a little bit of shore? So he, he made the boat his pulpit and finished the sermon right there. And then he says to Peter and to Andrew, follow me. And I'll make you fishers of men. I'll make you fishers of people. And they followed. Now, the first time I read that, I thought, why would they follow him? Just at that little saying. I mean, why would they desert their business? It was good business to follow him. Now, of course, you know, you and I probably have a tendency to spiritualize the passage as, well, it was Jesus' invitation. Well, how do they know who Jesus was? I mean, do rabbis come by there all the time inviting fishermen to, you know, follow them? I don't know. But when you read Luke's account, it's the backstory to why when Jesus gave that invitation, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men, why they did follow. Also, Peter, who made his living fishing on the Sea of Galilee, had a bunch of fishing stories. But this is his best story because in this story, he's the fish. So what happened was, as you, as you can see in, in Luke chapter 5, in fact, it's probably better if I just read it instead of telling it to you. Uh, verse 4. When he had fish, finished uh, speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Master Simon replied, we worked hard all night long and caught nothing. Now, if you are a, clear, you know, a gospel reader, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you'll discover a lot of people try to correct Jesus. They want to set him right. They think he's missing some information, and so they're going to give it to him. We've worked hard all night long and cut zero. I think that was my mom's favorite number, fishing. I don't think she liked to catch anything. She just liked to have her line in the water and just to relax out there, usually without any kids in the boat with her. Um... But at your word, I'll let down the nets. Now, if you've ever been fishing, you know, you have to be Native American, have permission to fish with nets in, in the U.S. Now, out at sea, you can have a net. But fishing with a line, when a fish gets on the line, it's just like electricity comes through that line. You can feel it. I got something. Well, these guys... I think what they were thinking is, okay, we fished all night, we caught zero, they let down their nets, and I think they probably pulled, you know, hard, like there was going to be nothing in it. And I don't know if you've ever done that, you thought this is going to move really easy, but then it just didn't move at all. And, you know, maybe like it got stuck on some gigantic boot underwater, but anyway... We've worked all night. So when they did this, they caught a great number of fish and their nets began to tear. So as they pulled this in, the load was so great, you know, it, it starts coming apart. So they called to the other boat to come and help them. They came and filled both boats, boats so full they began to sink. 
When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me because I'm a sinful man, Lord. What an interesting response. Now, we don't know if Jesus was in the boat too. But the boat is full of fish. Assuming Jesus is still in the boat too, maybe he's at the back. But Peter gets on his knees, had to be amidst the fish. It's like he lays down with the fish and said, all right, Lord, you caught me. Go away from me, for I'm a sinful man. Well, why would he say that? I think when we have a kind of a Shekinah experience with the holy God, we realize for the first time, I realize for the first time, what I'm not. I'm not holy. Um, I'm sin-stained. Lord, go away from me. I'm a sinful man. That's his confession. And how does Jesus respond? Um, don't be afraid, Jesus told Simon. From now on, you'll be catching people. From now on, you'll be fishers of men. Then they brought the boats to land and left everything and followed him. That's why he followed. He learned in, the, in those moments, that morning, that Jesus is Lord. He's Lord of the sea. He's Lord of the fish. He's Lord of Peter's universe. He's worthy, like the band just began singing. He's worthy of our full allegiance, our full following. Um, and that's what this Go Fish verse is about. Have you met the Lord like that? Have you had an experience of his lordship over your universe? Whether it's, you know, IT or tacos. He's Lord. And he controls the circumstances. Later, Jesus would say to Peter and the others, a new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. And that's really the first clue to how you fish for people. People are interested in knowing if when we gather as CIV or when we disperse as CIV, do we love one another? Do we care about one another? Do we touch one another? There are actually 52 one another's in, in the New Testament. Loving one another, praying for one another, fellowshipping with one another. When we one another, each other, uh, needs are met. You know, we're not to see our brother and close our eyes. When we see our brother or sister in need, it's our opportunity. And so we seize that opportunity. Needs are met. When we love one another, we end up sticking to Jesus. The one who keeps his commands remains in him. And the way we know this is from the spirit. We stick with him. There's an assurance of salvation that we really are saved and God is not going to let us go when he has a place prepared for us. This is how we know we belong to the truth. You know, there's a, it's wonderful to have a sense of confidence in your Christian faith. That this is true. This is solid. This is real. You can trust this. Boldness in prayer. If our conscience doesn't condemn us, we have confidence before God and we can receive whatever we ask from him. Ask. Be specific. Then when he answers, you'll know he heard you. God is made visible to others. You know, God's a spirit. He's the invisible God. But he can be made visible. Love consists in this. Not that we loved God, 
but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. That's a great word that means the cover for our sins. You know, there's a theological principle. If I try to cover my sin, God has to uncover it. But if I will uncover my sins, guess what? God will cover it. Which way are you going in that? God has made visible. Love consists in this. Not that we loved, but he loved. No one's ever seen God. But when we love one another, people see God. Uh, fear is cast out of our lives. Love is perfected with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment. Perfect love drives out fear. We love because he first loved us. Did you ever get a letter from the IRS? Does that get your blood pressure up a possibility? I've had a lot of letters from the IRS. Doesn't get my blood pressure up anymore. Because I'm not a criminal. I'm not trying to hide anything. This friend of mine, she got audited. So she takes this shoebox full of receipts in. And when she came out, guess what? The IRS owed her money. <laughs> now that's confidence. Uh, and that's the kind of confidence that we have to live the lives we live if we are loving one another. You know, it's one thing to love God, which we should, but because we love God and experience his love for us, a love that won't let us go, we love one another just like that. And that's what people are longing for, that kind of love. So, go fish, but how? Um, loving one another, but who are the one another's? Uh, there's a... There's a diagram in the notes. You don't really need it, but years ago, and I meant to ask Neil this. Neil, when you went to seminary, I think it was out southwestern in, in Texas, I wondered if you had Oscar Thompson as your professor. He would have been before you then. You had Roy Fish. Okay. Roy Fish was great. But Oscar Thompson was teaching a class called evangelism, which is how you share the good news of Jesus with people, how you help people embrace Christ. And he was halfway through his first semester teaching this class and he realized he was teaching it wrong. And so he did something that you're not supposed to do. In the middle of the class, he changed the syllabus in the course. Now what that usually generates is a bunch of complaints to the dean by the students. And having been a dean, if the student is holding up the original syllabus and the professor is not teaching according to the syllabus, I go with the syllabus. I have to rule for the student over against the professor because that's the covenant. That's the contract. Uh, that didn't happen to Oscar Thompson. He changed because what I'm about to share with you is what he realized. That every person, every person, you, influence about at least 250 people. They're all in your circles of, he called them the circles of concern, your circles of relationship. Now, obviously, you're at the right at the center Next circle out is your family, the people that you hang with the most. Now, for some of you, it might be your roommates right now. I don't know. But there's that, that list of people. And it might be big or it might be small. Um, and then outside that is friends. And then outside that might be workmates, people you work with. Then outside that might be your neighbors. And then outside that might be other friendships and, you know, sort of... Uh, 
lost relationship, you know, family, relatives. And then outside that could just be person X. Somebody you just happen to meet. Unexpected, first time, might be the last time, but you meet them. So when you look at it that way, you see this, this whole field of relationships you're involved in. You're pretty influential. Don't underrate, underrate yourself. You influence a lot of people. You are the salt of the earth and the salt of those relationships. Now, Jesus in Acts chapter 1 says, you will be my witnesses. You will be my influencers. In Judea, Samaria, um, what's the next one after that? Judea, Samaria. I forget what the next one is, but look it up. Acts 1.8. To the outermost parts of the world. Uh, Ni plus ultra. To the, beyond that, there's nothing. You are just like that. When God's spirit comes into you, you become an influencer. Okay, now hang with me for a minute. Um, a friend of mine, uh, Bill Wagner, uh, wanted to be an evangelist. He wanted to travel and plant churches. And he met this very experienced, well-thought-of evangelist. His name was Angel Martinez. And, he, and he, you know, he brought his business plan, his evangelism plan to Angel Martinez. And Angel Martinez said, this looks really good, except you left out one thing. What's that one thing? And he said, well, he, he got on the floor with a piece of chalk and he drew a big circle. He said, what you left out was you getting into the center of this circle and praying until the Lord has really filled your life and enabled you to carry out your plan. You left out the center. So what I'm going to say to you is the concentric circles, you at the center is the key. You and your personal relationship with the Lord, because the power is not going to come from you. It's going to come from him. He's the one that makes, follow me. So what has to be decided right there at the center of the circle, I'm going to follow him. Where he leads, where he goes, that's where I will go. That's what I will do at the center of the circle. All right. So now realize how influential you are in all your interactions today even. It's already started. Now, three words, prayer, care, share. As you look at that circle of influence, there are some people there in that circle that probably won't be prayed for unless you pray for them. You know, lots of people you meet don't have a prayer unless you pray it. They don't have a prayer. They don't have anybody praying for them. They don't have anybody caring for them. They don't have anybody sharing or listening to them. Most people live lives of, they're just unexamined lives. Why? Because nobody will listen to them. They're longing to have somebody they can tell what's going on, to tell their story to. So as you pray for the people in your list, God will direct you to certain people at certain times and places. And I brought, oh, here it is. On Friday, right when I was starting to get caught up with all the things I hadn't finished for work, I got a phone call from a friend of mine up in the Bay Area, a good friend, a precious friend, the kind of friend you don't want to lose. And because it was him, because it was Bob, I said, well, you know, my to-do list wasn't going to get done anyway. What's up, Bob? 
And he, we began to talk, and I could tell he was burdened, and he had some prayer requests. And right in that minute, I thought, you know what? Now I know how to talk to you today. Because for the, you know, for the very first time, I've always, I got this organized because Bob called. And as we're talking about halfway through our prayer, you know, the conversation, I said, Bob, I'll tell you what. If you'll lay down on the table two prayer requests, I'll give you two of my prayer requests. And so we wrote those down. I wrote them down in my book here. So what I did was for every, you know, layer of my concentric circles, I wrote down everybody's name who's in that piece of the circle. Uh, I challenge you to do that. And they begin praying for those people. Not everyone every day. Maybe, okay, maybe today it's my distant relatives. By the way, you know, the definition of a distant relative is a relative who lives near you but owes you money. But anyway, pray for your distant relatives. Pray for your friends. Pray for your family. Pray for your work people. Pray for your bosses. Pray for your employees. Not every day, but figure out what days you're going to pray. Get organized. You know, organize or agonize. I want to live on the organized side. Organize or agonize. Which life are you living? Uh, so I'm so glad Bob called so that I could pray for his prayer request, but also so I could get organized uh, so that I can be praying. Now, if you're going to do this, one of the things you should pray is, Lord, sh help me find some way I could show substantially that I care for this person. And, uh, okay, so I thought about that. And as I, I was driving home after church, I lived on this steep hill. And just as I started to press on the accelerator to make it up the hill, I looked over to the left side and this new neighbor had a mountain of redwood chips in his driveway. You couldn't even hardly see his driveway. And he's got a wheelbarrow and a, and a shovel and he's piling it in to take it around the side of his house to put it in the backyard. And it's, you know, like maybe noon, but he's already sweating. And I could tell that that's a mountain to move. He's got to move that. And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to go home, grab a quick sandwich. I got a great wheelbarrow and I got a big shovel. And I went down there and just started shoveling with him. And we cleared that whole mountain. And he said, you know, most people come by and say, hey, would you tell me when you got this all finished? Because I want to see what you did. Not one single person came by and asked to help. And it changed something for him, just me doing that. You know, the scripture talks about giving a cup of cold water to a thirsty person. And I think that's what it was for him. Another time I was, and I'm not telling you these stories because, you know, I'm trying to opt for St. Rick or something like that. Um, I'm just telling you stories that happened. And uh, I was at work. It was raining like it was this week. And I was upstairs and the glass, I could look down into the parking lot. And this woman that I knew was coming out of her car and her 14-year-old daughter was coming also. And it's raining and they don't have any umbrellas. So I just went over and grabbed one of the umbrellas that belonged to somebody else. I put it back. I put it back. But grabbed that, went down the stairs, and I opened it over this 14-year-old girl. Helped him get in the building without getting wet. And the next day, that woman came up to me and she said, Rick, I just want you to know something. A week and a half ago, my daughter lost her father. 
I lost my husband, he died. And she's just been in despair that nobody's going to look after her. But when you put that umbrella over her head, it felt like to her, God was still going to look after her. I didn't know that. But God knows it. Do you see how smart our God is? He has a massive intelligence. And he can orchestrate it so that you and I, when we just do that little thing, that little substantial thing, it makes all the difference in the world to that person at that point. That's how God works. He wants to use you. He doesn't need you. He doesn't need me. But he loves to use you. He loves to hang with you because he loves you. Um, and then share. I, I want to be careful not to go too long here. Um, you know, people need the words of the gospel. They need it. But if you start with the gospel, it doesn't always work. It just maybe turns them off. And so there's a book called Just Walk Across the Room. And in it, there's a strategy that is really helpful to people. Because people need those words. They need the words of the gospel, the good news. Uh, they need to know that there is a God. And that he cares about us so much that he sent his very best, which is his son, Jesus of Nazareth. To come and love us and die for us to take away sin so nothing needs separate us between us and the Lord. God raised his son from the dead to prove to us and demonstrate he's the one worth following. And when we give our lives to Christ, when we ask for forgiveness, we receive that forgiveness. Christ takes up residence through his spirit in our lives and everything's off on the run. Newness of life. The gospel. People need to hear that, but it's, it's hard to hear. It's got to come in the right way. And even though it sounds funny, the first thing is in this book, Cross, Cross Just Walk Across, it says, first, you need to hear their story. You become an insider in their lives when you know their story, their current story. So hear their story. People are longing for someone who'll just listen, listen. And after they've been heard, guess what? Then they want to hear your story. Now in this book, it suggests you should be able to share your personal coming to faith in 100 words. And after those 100 words, if they want to hear more, they'll tell you. Yeah, I'd like to hear a little more. Or can we talk more about this later? Or that's enough for me. 100 words. And you should have a little plot like how you came to hear the gospel. How you came to embrace Christ. How did you embrace Christ? And what's happened since then? So it's like before, when, and now. Have a little drama to it. Have a little plot to it. Like for me. Um, you, okay, count my words. All right? 100 words. Uh, when my parents divorced, I lost all my friends because my parents resettled me to a different city. And I think I had a refugee look on my face. Um, my brothers went to a middle school that was like San Quentin Middle School. And they wondered what was their crime. My neighbors across the street knew that look on my face. 
they knew the look of a refugee, and so they began to invite me. They invited me to the church, and when I couldn't talk my best friend out of going to church, I went to church with him. And I began to hear about Jesus, and then more about Jesus, learn about his stories, about his death and his resurrection. And on the night the men walked on the moon, my, the Sunday school teacher came and shared how to give my life to Christ. Soon after that, I did that. I found new life and forgiveness. Honestly, I found a family you can't be divorced out of. And that's very, very precious to me. Uh, because everybody got divorced in my family. But this is a family that will never dissolve. I have a father. I have a brother. I have a savior. And I got you guys. You can't beat me off with a stick. You can't divorce me. <laughs> uh, and so that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to share about this kind of life to this day. I think that was 125 words. I didn't count them all. But share your story. And then share God's story. Greatest story in the world. I'm kind of convinced that the movies, the plots that really capture you, have echoes of the gospel in them. It's what makes it interesting. This is the story of stories. You know, that's why one gospel doesn't do. You have to have Matt, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and your story, to share that story. Um, God will use you to share that. Uh, the living triune God loves people and the world he created. The reason Christ came is because God doesn't let people go, doesn't let you go. He comes after you. And, you know, it says, we've all come short. We've all come short of the glory of God. You know, sometimes people say, you need to give people the bad news before they're ready for the good news. But most people I know, they already got the bad news. They got more bad news than they know where to put. They need good news. I mean really good news. I mean capital G good news. Capital G-O-D good news. And when they find out that God has good news for them, that God loves them, uh, it changes things. All that comes short. Now, I don't know how short you are of the glory of God, but whatever you're short, Christ makes up the difference. Whatever you're short. You know, I remember the first time my youngest daughter and I went to the grocery store and she was going to pay. But the closer we got to the clerk, the more nervous she got because she was afraid, you know, there might be tax, you know, maybe the price is different. What am I going to do if I don't have enough money? And I whispered to her, I said, Lisa, whatever you're short, I'll make up the difference. You could just see her relax. And that's what God is saying to us every day. Whatever you're short. I'll make up the difference. That's the price that Christ paid. He makes up the difference. The ransom he paid. So now, how about you? Follow him and go fish. It's the greatest adventure in the world to go deep sea fishing with the Lord in life. To pray, care, and share in the gospel. To recognize how influential a person you are. And that he's designed it that way. There are people that you 
are more able to touch than anybody else in the world. That's how important you are to God's plan and to God's spirit. He has organized and orchestrated to make your life incredibly significant in the lives of others. More than you'll ever know until heaven. And then you'll know. So just be faithful now. Let's pray together. Lord, um, thank you so much for calling us to be fishers of people. First, sort of making us your fish, catching us by your love and forgiveness, your power. Then enabling us by the Spirit of Christ to find forgiveness and to find a mission in the lives of those around us to be loving, to be caring, to be listening, and also to be speaking. Open our mouths, Lord, to share. If there's anyone here today, Lord, that's just on the threshold of considering whether or not to surrender, we pray that that surrender could happen now, that here and now they would just cry out to you, saying, Lord, I, I understand and hear the gospel, and as best I understand it, what you gave to me, I want to receive. Forgiveness of sin. Wholeness of life. You want me to be father in your forever family. You want to have a place for me in your house. Lord, I, I pray that you'll receive me and forgive me. Make me your child. And I promise, Lord, to follow faithfully after you in Jesus' name. And if you prayed that prayer... Uh, fill out a, a card. Let us know so that we can give you some information to, to grow in Christ. For the rest of us, Lord, hear our prayer. Help us to make caring, substantial connections with people, to be good listeners, but also faithful sharers of the gospel. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks, Rick. We're going to spend some time to think on the message and to meditate on that. And as Rick said, um, if you are considering whether or not you want to entrust your life to Jesus, um, take some time to pray about it and think about that. Uh, regardless of where you are, we'd encourage you to fill out a connection card about your next steps so that we can be praying for you and so that we can help to um, point you in the right direction to resource you there. So you can find that connection card at civalhambra.com forward slash Sunday on the connection card tab.
first time I heard the song was about a week and a half ago. Um, and I just thought it's a great song. It's a great prayer, actually. We're asking God to send revival among this church, among the world. So as we think about going to fish, going for missions, whether it be abroad or whether it be just in our neighborhoods, um, we just sing the song as a prayer to our God for specific people in your lives for your neighbors, for your co-workers, for that friend, for that family member. Peace like a river wash over me Immerse me in water as deep as the sea Heart 
morning. We would start with us, and we would put ourselves in the center of that circle, that our hearts would be dead set on following you to the end of this age, the end of the world. We pray that your spirit would come down upon us, and that way we would be witnesses to you in all and everywhere in the world, Lord, our workplaces, our schools, our families. Lord, send us Send us to our homes, send us to our workplaces, send us to our families, Lord. Revive us, may we revive this world until every heart confesses that you are King, that you are God. We do this all for your glory, and it's in Jesus' name we pray this.
face We're looking to the skies Descending like a cloud You're standing with us now Lord, I'm filled you want to see you, Lord? You're the reason we're here And you're the reason we're singing Open up the heavens We want to see you Open up the floodgates A mighty river Flowing from your heart Filling every part of our brain mission to fish some men and women. Um, We'll see you guys next week. Have a good one. (laughs) 